0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode hundred and seventy-two. I'm Paul Spain, and I'm Alistair Cook. Great to have you
1: back on the show, Alistair. Where have you been since we uh, since we last had you here? I have been everywhere, man. I've been. Uh... Where, when was I last here? I've been to Barcelona. I think I'd just come back from Barcelona last time I was on. I've been mm. to Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Christchurch, and just come back from San Francisco last week. Cool. So you've, had some, uh, you've really had a few adventures, haven't you? I have. It's been a, a pretty busy uh, year and we're only a third of the way into it. It's uh, been pretty full on. I've been having an amazing time. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Great. Now, for those that uh, don't know where you fit into the tech world and why you've been uh, gallivanting around the world, um, well, what...
1: my, my day job is teaching enterprise technology, in particular server virtualization, and that's what's taken me through Southeast Asia with a, a new company that, uh, whose courses I've been teaching. And then uh, going to Christchurch was to teach some VMware virtualization training. But I also get really involved in the community that's around the VMware products. And so blogging at Demitas and uh, through the, the uh, V VBrownBag podcast, and that's why I was in, in the U.S. last week being briefed by some people who work in the enterprise tech and some startups in that enterprise tech space. Very cool. Well,
0: let's jump in.
1: Uh, first up.
0: Some local Kiwi news now. A, a company that we have uh, we have talked about before, and it was last year. Uh, Ub closed a number of their uh, their stores around New Zealand. Uh, Ub being owned by uh, Renaissance uh, Corporation, who been involved in the tech industry in New Zealand for well over uh, over twenty well over twenty years, probably so nearly twenty five years uh, now. And uh, I remember them in their uh, in their earlier days. So I guess I'm, I'm showing my age a little bit um, when it when it was um, uh, started by uh, by Trevor Gray and his uh, brother Warwick Gray, who's, who's well known in the industry, uh, the tech industry today, um, was involved. But uh, one of their I guess uh, big areas in recent years where they made some money uh, for a while was uh, in distributing the uh, the Apple uh, brand. And of course, that story did change once A- A- Apple uh, started competing with Renaissance and, and selling Apple products via the uh, the Apple online store and so on. Uh, this this um, I, most recent uh, change for them is that they've just sold their Apple uh, retail outlets or the uh, the UBI
1: uh, stores, which was the I guess the biggest Apple uh, retailer in the country. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that they closed so many of their, their branches last year, but it is a, a sign of the times that uh, really the the retail business is is having trouble and it's having difficulty competing with online business and especially selling technology and drawing people into specialist stores when you can buy Apple product through you know, lots and lots of different uh, you know lots of the big
0: big chain stores now.
1: Yeah, and there's also been a a tendency towards showrooming as well, that somebody would walk in and use the expertise of the staff that that were being paid to to man the UB store, and the guys there were reasonably smart, and then they'd say, thank you very much, walk out the door and order it online. Mm, mm. Always always a chance of
0: that. So um,
1: did you hear how... uh um how many
0: coins were paid for uh for Ubi biological systems that have um, that that have taken over uh, the remains of Ubi? It does appear that a single small gold coin exchanged hands along the way. Apparently $1. So uh so yeah there we are. So yeah, interesting interesting times and I guess something we we'll, we'll see more of this type of consolidation uh no
1: doubt in other areas of the the tech industry as time goes by. Yeah, and I think the whole retail space is going to be an interesting place to see. I think customers, people still want the retail showroom experience, but they don't necessarily hand their money to the same same shop. And so I hope that we see more of the Apple Store kind of model coming out across, that the, the vendor who is actually selling the stuff online runs the retail store. And so the, the, the profit from selling stuff is still attached to that retail presence.
0: Mm. Now... An app came out uh, about uh, about a week or so uh, so back um,
1: spritz, and uh, they've started a new phenomenon spritzing, which and, and not in terms of um, throwing small amounts of water.
0: No, this is uh, this is really interesting. We'll share a link on uh, on the podcast dot com uh, website. Uh but what uh what this is all about is helping you to read uh read quicker. And uh there will be a range of content that you will be able to spritz. Uh but the the basis of it is is that the, the typical speed at which somebody reads is apparently around 220 words per minute. But with um by using spritzing you can uh, you can bump up your words per minute rate uh, in the direction of uh, 500 words per minute is what they're saying. Um, you know, will, will be quite uh, common, and some people will be able to do uh, up to a thousand. Apparently, tell us about. This Alistair because you you had a little uh, a little look at this, and uh, how did you find reading at the two fifty words per minute, which was their uh, their first the first sample on? Uh, um, I mean, there was a number of samples that that were that were shared
1: um, via uh, Huffington Post. How was reading at that speed? Well, I found reading at two hundred and fifty words was was an absolutely relaxed kind of thing. It was I, I, I read a lot, so I read at a reasonable pace. Uh, then they they offered a 350-word per minute sample where uh, w- what they do is they flash the word in front of you so you don't have to follow along lines of text. You don't have to refocus across the page. You keep focused on one place and the words appear and flash through. Um, 350 words a minute was, was no difficulty to, to follow, and then 500 words a minute immediately after that was easy to follow as well. I did a speed reading course in high school where the main thing they got you to do was look to focus on on the keywords within the sentence and not read every word, which is different to what this is doing. This is getting every word in your area of focus as fast as possible. And it would be a good way to consume information. I'd like to be able to feed all of my um, blog posts, all the the RSS feeds that I follow through this and consume those faster because I've currently got 72 items um, backed up in my I must read this queue and that number does not seem to get any lower yeah well, I think that's the idea is uh you, know, you
0: will be able to uh, you'll be able to read all sorts of uh, uh, content using the um, you know, uh, spritz and yeah you 're right with well, having the words flashing in front of you like that uh, you really can go um, go up to some some pretty impressive speeds in terms of reading. I found yeah the three fifty words per minute for me was uh, was was nice and easy the five hundred words per minute. Uh, you, I found you need to sort of yeah need to concentrate a bit to keep up at that sort of pace. But yeah. I think everyone will be different in terms of what their capabilities are. Uh, you might just be a bit smarter than me in terms of your uh, uh,
1: speed reading capabilities. And I, I think it also depends the device that you're using to to read it on. And I, I think one of the ra- dangers with this is you have to focus in exactly the same place all of the time. And I'd I'd want a slider for varying rate, but you're going to find yourself holding a mobile device and holding very still in order to to read and that's going to hurt you after a while. So I yeah, well was I was it. doing it on, the, on, a, on a small uh, smartphone screen and right. I'm now looking at
0: it on, uh, on a laptop screen yeah. and actually the 500 words per minute
1: uh, it, it seems a lot easier actually. To, and I, I think that. there's a play here in Google Glass because I think a device that is held in the same place on your head is going to make a much more pleasant reading experience but we may be onto something with the larger screen also being important and that may, may qualify it out for Google Glass.
0: No, I would just want something that wires straight into the uh, the the brain. Else, do you want it that, jacked uh, in the back of the neck that can can just feed the data in? I don't want to have to read. Come on, too much uh, too much effort. Uh, yeah, total recall, maybe not. <laughs> All right, now uh, in in uh, there's a few b- other bits and pieces that are going on that are interesting this week. Uh, Miracle machine. Now this is a. Uh, well, a, a gadget with a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous name and uh, a ridiculous comparison. So, uh, the miracle machine is a gadget which is touted as being able to turn water into wine. Now, there was uh, somebody I've got friends
1: with a vineyard who turn water into wine all the time. It just takes a year or seven.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they there was somebody some that did it a little well. bit quicker. Uh, this is sort of an an in between. Um, Jesus method and the method of uh, of the usual winemaker. So what we're talking about here is is a gadget that is designed to uh, really speed up the winemaking process. And what you'll do is you'll pour in uh, some water into this uh, five hundred US dollar gadget. You'll also pour in some uh, some other ingredients. There'll be uh, some yeast and. There are um, a few other uh, bits, in- including, uh, naturally, grape juice. And what they say is that for um, for $2 US a bottle, you'll be able to produce the equivalent of a US $20 uh, bottle of wine in three days. So you won't be able to, you know, I mean, that's only two bottles a week that you'll be able to make with it. Uh, but still, you, you but could, could
1: it's, buy it's, more than one and, and produce a little more. Well, wine. yes, yes, you could. Um, Although but, at, at $500 US dollars a piece, I'm not sure that you'd want to buy more than one.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it, it focuses on, uh, I guess, taking that winemaking process uh, away from the expertise and skill of a winemaker and breaking it down. Uh, to, I guess, a scientific uh, yeah process where, they you know, apparently they're going to be able to make a whole range of different wines to, you know, you'll you'll feed in the right ingredients and maybe you'll, you'll you and, know, and key, in, you'll key connect, in some settings. Oh, no,
1: not key in. You're going to use a Bluetooth connection from your smartphone app that monitors and tells you when the wine's ready. That's It lets right. you monitor the pH and the temperature as you go. But it handles that for you
0: automatically. You're not sort of fiddling around uh, too much with it yourself. It's uh, it's set up. I, I think right. I'd
1: want to watch my my wine ferment quite often. Mm.
0: So anyway, it so, sounds like a bit of fun. So um, they uh, they caught a tweet about uh, me chatting about this on TV3 on Monday. So I tweeted them uh, back after they were excited that the Antipodeans had uh, uh, had had come across and were intrigued by their gadget. So I have asked them to send a review unit. Uh, no response just yet, uh, but if that arrives, we will have a wine tasting uh, party uh, here for um, for the NZ tech podcast listeners well one or, one or two of us anyway <laughs> uh, because we won 't be producing such large amounts unless there 's a larger version of the machine now Wello, uh, this is another uh, another new piece of uh, of gadgetry that 's just been announced in in the last few days and as the name suggests it has got something to do with uh, it has got something to do with your health and and uh, and staying well uh but it's also been related to a gadget from star trek the tricorder what do you think about this, Alistair? Is that uh, are they being a little bit over ambitious with their uh, their comparison to the uh, the magical uh, tricorder from uh, from from Star Trek that could uh, um, track Rem- all remotely
1: sort- sense all, all health statistics yes. of a, uh, a patient? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think this is still an, a contact based census, so you're not going to wave it over the the. Uh, Bones is not going to wave it over your body as as you're uh, snoozing on the couch, Uh, but you are going to essentially attach yourself, you're going to hold it in the right way, and it's going to instrument your, your health. Uh, it's an interesting idea. It seems to be a collection of different sensors in an in a iPhone case, and that's a useful form factor for those people who are st- still stuck in the iPhone uh, ecosystem. No indication whether it fits the 5 or just the 4s. Uh, hard to see, really, from the pictures.
0: Yeah, I think from some of the material that it will support um, 5 and and 5S, five oh, um, and that also there will be a non-case version uh, that will communicate via Bluetooth with Android smartphones. So just because there's such a variance of Android phones, I think they decide too hard to um, make it into a case because they'd be making all sorts of cases. Yeah. Uh, but there will be uh, yeah, basically a, a Bluetooth piece that you can uh, you can hold and uh, that will work with, with the Android devices. And, it's, yeah, it's got a whole range of uh, measures from um, your, um, your pulse, your heart rate, uh, which, of course, the uh, Galaxy S5 does.
1: And there's, there's apps for Android phones that use the and, camera to detect your heart rate. And, there, rates, yeah. yeah, there are other ways of, of but collecting blood pressure and, and your blood SAT... Oh, sorry, my wife's a nurse. Your uh, blood oxygen level, uh, what they call the SATs... Um, as well as ECG. So it's it's got a pretty broad range of sensors in there. For, I don't quite uh, for know
0: advice. how it does all that stuff. I'm kind of curious about that, but no doubt we'll you find out in time. You have to hold the
1: thing exactly right in order to get all of the, the okay. sensors by
0: the lookout. And it. also there's going to be something that gives you a readout on your on your lungs in terms of your um, how much um, oomph you've got in your lungs and so on. And that requires... Um, and it, and it well it co- apparently comes with the attachment and you'll uh you'll breathe into it and um it'll it'll give you some readings on that so quite cool and uh and your temperature so uh you're wondering if you've got uh, got a bit of a temperature or someone in your family uh then you'll be able to use this as well so it could be good with um yeah for for everyone and the app will let you keep stats on different people, so uh, so you'll be able to keep your stats, but the um, yeah, others others in the family as well.
1: So. Yeah, I think this kind of device suits being a separate object rather than a, a case on your phone. You, unless you're absolutely health obsessed or an athlete, you're not going to carry. Uh, your phone around in this device but you'll, you'll keep it at home maybe beside the bed and you'll check yourself every morning and night if you're slightly obsessed yeah or once a week if you're sensibly obsessed but there'll be times when it when it when it may be more useful the interesting
0: thing here is Wes, it, it, it's a continuation of this theme of technologies being developed first for the consumer that would probably have a huge amount of use in in, in another space such as in a hospital and so on but uh, the opportunity here to sell it to the consumer as a low-cost device, they could, you know, they might potentially sell millions of these things. Uh, so that's why we're seeing it come out there rather than as a very
1: uh, you there's, know, there's expensive, a huge amount health of cost to certify virus. this to go into hospitals and, and for medical use. The other place this will be hugely valuable is developing nations where the cost of healthcare is and of your Western standard healthcare is simply unattainable. And so lower-cost devices, potentially with lower certification levels, are going to be a great way to get improvements in basic health.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is, I mean, it's quite, it's quite exciting to see more of this type of technology coming through. And, we're, you know, when we see it in a case or in something special, um, that's great. But I guess it's a bit of a pointer to the future that probably uh, these things that you're now paying for as some special premium thing could well just be built into a phone uh, at some point in the future, the cost comes down. Yeah, it's two hundred at the moment, but it'll eventually get to a point where it's as you know, as easy as putting a camera or something else in the phone. Just just like we're
1: seeing Samsung do uh, with with the S five and yeah, uh, the and range of sensors sensor. that are yeah. there in devices now would have been unthinkable five years ago. So
0: uh, so yeah, very cool. Uh, if you want to order um, order one of those, they are available for pre order online at the moment. One hundred ninety nine US dollars. Don't think I saw New Zealand in the in the uh, places that it shipped to, but there are of course workarounds on uh, on that. So uh, side trip to Singapore, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's all, all sorts of ways to do it. So uh, so very cool. Now uh, Samsung, a few bits and pieces that's uh, that's had them in the news uh, recently. Uh, Milk Music is their new uh, competitor to uh, to Spotify. What do you think about this? Freebie, uh, freebie uh, music for well. Initially, it's for US customers, so nice for those in the US. But the word is it's going to be uh, to be rolling out internationally, and it's really an ad-free uh, music um, like a mu- paid music subscription service, except it'll be free to um, to uh,
1: Samsung smartphone users without actually having to pay uh, to pay out anything. Seems like a good deal to me. That um, My last three smartphones have been Samsung, so I'm clearly a fan of their gear. Uh, I don't listen to streaming music a lot. I'm, uh, you can probably tell from the grey hair that I'm fairly old-fashioned and I uh, like a local copy of my music on my device. Uh, but if, if there's particularly an online, offline uh, method of this available because of those long flights I've been taking, that will be good. As always, it's going to be about music selection. Do they have the music that I want to listen to? And if so, wonderful, I'm all over it. Uh, and if they don't have the music I care about, then I'm going to have to fall back to uh, listening to my really old CD and uh, iTunes bought music. And uh, I guess part of the
0: equation is how long will it take for this to get to uh, to New Zealand customers? You know, we're told it's going to we're told it's going to be international, uh, but we really we don't uh, we don't know quite what the full uh, the full details of that are. Um, there's apparently 13, uh, 13 million songs, so it's got a reason a reasonable uh, catalog size. Uh, it's already had quite a bit of uh, pickup on uh, on the Google Play Store on Android, and uh, getting a pretty good rating uh, so far four and a half out of five. And uh, as you say, why complain if it's uh, if it's a freebie? Yeah, if it's, uh, if it's built in for free, then it's it's all a bonus. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, so this will be uh, it'll be something we we hope isn't uh, isn't too far off for. Uh, yeah, for the rest of the world, and I guess there's sort of continuing play from Samsung uh, as they 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 work to uh, you know to try and stay at the forefront and be the preferred uh, choice for those that are buying Android devices and and also to be the uh, um, the device device of choice or the brand of choice when people are, are considering uh, yeah overall whether with what platform to go for. That uh, that there should be the one, and uh, provide you know by providing these sort of extra uh, freebies and so on that are uh, that'll bundled in. it uh, it all helps, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it's a, it's more value add that makes people want to buy more Samsung devices. It's kind of uh, going the Apple road of of get everything from one source. Mm. Um, now there there was a report online. I think
0: it was Engadget who uh, suggested that Samsung may reevaluate. Whether they continue to do this ad-free in the longer term, that uh, it may not necessarily be that way permanently, uh, which I I thought was curious, but yeah, you know, that that does uh, line up with some of the uh, uh, yeah business models we've seen from others in the past, which is uh, yeah release something at a really great price point, uh, free or close to free, and then uh, and then change the rules. Uh, a little bit further down the track. So that's certainly not out of the, uh, the the realms of possibility, is it?
1: Particularly once that they feel they've become dominant in the market, when they no longer have to buy a market by giving these things away, and they then have to make all of the pieces stand on their own, because there is a cost to having all of this music and making it available to us. At the moment, it's being carried essentially by sales and by market acquisition. Eventually, they will have acquired as much of the market as they think they will, and then they turn around and say, "Well, these things have all got to stand on their own now." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's, it's it's certainly a um, a po- possibility. Uh,
0: now, ne- next up. Um Oh, the other thing from Samsung I had a good uh, uh, look at last week was uh, Samsung uh, Knox. Now, this has been – it's been a few months. There was certainly some delays around the release of Samsung Knox. This was—this is their security product uh, that was supposed to launch, I think, with the Galaxy S4, uh, but it didn't actually sort of uh, – it wasn't ready in time, shall we say, uh, but it – but it is uh, now out in its first iteration, and there's a new version uh, coming out uh, shortly as well. And what this is about, it's uh, it's really about adding a, a security layer uh, to entice more businesses to use uh, Samsung Android devices. And I, I guess uh, you know, Sam's uh, well, Android in, in general has been tarred with a, with a bit of a brush uh, around its uh, issues from a security uh, perspective. And this, you know, part relates to the way the, the operating system is just so open and there's, uh, there's so many things you can do with it and there isn't necessarily a lot of security between one app and, and, and another. Uh, so, uh, so Knox is all about sort of uh, locking things down and giving you a, a secure uh, container really within uh, Android that you can be sure your, uh, your company information can sit in without uh, too, much, uh, too much risk.
1: It's a bit of a play in the bring your own device space of the uh, employee is allowed to, to bring whatever mobile device they want and of course it's going to get corporate data on it and this is happening whether companies want it or not, it's already happening. And the play here is to make sure it's done in a way that's under control of the corporate IT and the security policies of of the company are being correctly applied, whilst giving the freedom of the the employee to buy whatever device and put whatever they want on it. So if their children download some comic fart application that's actually going out and gathering all of your personal data and sending it back over the internet, that the corporate data is protected from that, and that's the, the play space for Knox.
0: Yeah, uh, now a couple of, couple of interesting things about Nox. Um, one, quite a few uh, you know, of, of our audience that uh, enjoy Android also like the fact that they can root their device and you know, basically change the, uh, change the operating systems and so on that are, that are on them. Uh, with Nox, if you do that with your uh, Samsung device, if you've rooted your device, it effectively blows a digital fuse and means that you can't run Nox. Uh, so, and this is their way of absolutely ensuring the security uh, of it. So, um, but with realising in that case, uh, you're uh, you're off the list of those that are actually able to get into, uh, yeah, potentially off the list of those that are able to get into their corporate email and, and, and other business things that may be locked down to uh, yeah.
1: to requiring uh, uh, requiring playing. knocks. That's so, playing in that um, chain of trust. And that Android as shipped by Samsung is in the chain of trust, but if you make certain changes to it, it's no longer trusted. One of those, of course, being rooting it. Exactly. And
0: the other thing I found about it, and this uh, this may be addressed in some way with the Galaxy uh, S five, is that Knox has its own sort of security wrapped around it. So you might, you know, have an alert that you've got uh, an email. Uh, you get into so you unlock your device, then you've got another layer to unlock Knox. So it's sort of a, a you know two two uh, hoops to jump through rather than one. Uh, to To get at things um, but I, you know i 'm sure these are things that they 'll be working on uh simplifying and so on over time there there are some various other things around how it works, but yeah, I think this is something that will be welcomed by uh, government organizations and certain organizations that are um, yeah wanting to roll out uh, Android devices, but yeah don 't want some of the security risks that might have been associated with with their platform in the past, so yeah. Alright, now uh, a little update I got from, uh, from Vodafone a few days ago was around uh, their OfficeNet packages. Now, uh, Vodafone's OfficeNet um, product is really a, a business internet service that also includes uh, voice over IP calling. And these offered some, some pretty good value for those people, um, yeah, those sort of smaller businesses, just a few phone lines and so on, uh, that were wanting to maybe cut down their costs, do their calls over the internet. But they had a major limitation. They didn't really come with, um, with much data at all. So uh, just in the last few days, Vodafone have announced they've bumped all those OfficeNet packages to include uh, 200 gigs worth of data. Uh, so that might just be enough for them to... Uh, to entice uh, quite a few more little customers.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a, a good bundle of services that uh, brings everything down, one bill which is always nice, and with a decent amount of data so that you're not blowing out your uh, data volume simply by updating one Mac or uh, a couple of PCs, then it, it gets to be a sensible product to have for a small business.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, now, I saw this uh, video a few days ago, and uh, this is uh, basically, it's sort of like a variation on, uh, on the Google Maps and uh, various other mapping tools that we, uh, that we see today. Uh, but the variation on it is, uh, is actually when you zoom in, instead of just seeing a photo, uh, you're actually seeing uh, real
1: video footage. It's kind of cool. It is cool. I mean, I, I remember the sort of marvel that was being able to look at Google Maps and Google Earth and overlay aerial photos over maps, and now we, we have live video. Um, particularly kind of eerie is that the choice that they've made is Beijing Airport, and I'm going to Beijing next, next month. And um, so seeing planes actually moving from the satellite photo on Beijing airport was interesting and cars um, moving around and so on and i'm not going to beijing by way of of kuala lumpur i'm going to go direct from auckland
0: are you feeling like you want to be a bit cautious or is that just I'd, how I'd like the, to stay uh, in the air until the air
1: f- until uh, we arrive at the destination i'm referring to the malaysian flights hopefully uh, yeah, thoughts with those who have lost friends. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: uh that's pretty shocking. Um yeah, but this this is this is this was a um, cool cool application. Uh, 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 yeah, it's it's cool to see what we don't know is you know, what would be the reality of actually this sort of thing real time in terms of real time video. Uh this the example we're looking at uh is uh this one's on uh cottkey.org k o t t k e.org um, and yeah this, this just shows the map interface with hd satellite uh, video so this is this is coming you know all the way it's been shot from from uh, um, from a satellite uh, this one was uh, from december the 30th uh, last year but very cool the next stage is, yeah, just how live could that be what would what would be involved in terms
1: of capturing all of this sort of stuff live at this sort of resolution to or, defeat the ability it, defeat it to back? search it through time and say what happened last, last Tuesday morning. Maybe we've got um, cameras above us all of the time and we can see when we had a fender bender at a particular intersection. (laughs) That would be an interesting thing, but I would be very scared if that's possible because of the amount of camera coverage that would be required. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a little overcast in Auckland today, so you probably wouldn't get any coverage from today.
0: Well, well, true. Uh, Yeah, I I think... You know, programs like, uh, for those that watched uh, the 24 um, series some some years ago, uh, where there was all sorts of, uh, you know, satellite, um, uh, being able to pull in satellites to to do certain things and so on. Interesting, but yeah, in terms of the realities of what they could actually capture on an ongoing basis and how much coverage they could get, uh, realistically, uh, I'm not too sure about that, but I'm hoping it's... uh, it, it's not as as universal as as a demo like this might suggest that you could just
1: zoom in on, uh, uh, yeah, anywhere Take and a time and, and, and a place and have a
0: look. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's more like the Big Bang Theory where they redirect the bird to surveil the uh, the, the, the redirect the satellite in order to surveil the um, bachelorette uh, household. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so you know, in the case, I mean, otherwise, you know, if they already had this and could do it, then then the uh, Malaysia Airlines plane that went missing. They would uh, they just shoot over to their footage and uh, and have a look because they'd have everything covered. But uh, yeah, clearly that's not the case. And and I guess there's uh, as always good and uh, bad things in, uh, in um because of that now oh, other news uh, other news this week uh in fact just uh, just today there's been an announcement that we got through from uh, from chorus that uh, that they've come to an agreement with uh with Crown fiber holdings around uh, some of the uh, uh, things that they were they were discussing and of course uh you know chorus have... have been in a been in a, a a spot of bother according to things that uh, that that we 've heard recently uh, and yeah a, f- a few changes here Elsie, you read uh, you read some of the media coverage around uh, around this today um, we 're not talking a, a, you know a massive sort of uh, change in the contract between um, um, government entity crown fire beholdings and and chorus are we in in this instant, but there's there's a few things there that um, I guess potentially uh, makes things a little bit better for for chorus. Maybe a few things there that are better for the customer, um, and and so on. But nothing huge in terms of changes. In fact, I don't think any you know any big changes in, in chorus uh, share price today. Which uh, if it, if it was wholesale sort of changes in one direction or another, we would have expected. Uh, what was the standout thing in this
1: announcement for uh, for you? I think that the thing that I picked up on was that this is uh, Crown Fibre Holdings allowing Chorus to be more flexible about how they deploy, and particularly how they deploy into buildings that have multiple tenants, so particularly apartment buildings. These are uh, potentially a nightmare. If they're fairly old, they'll be a nightmare to run all of the fibre through, and it sounds like what's been agreed is that that um, Chorus can run fibre into the premises but not necessarily fibre all the way to each individual tenancy. And um, They're still delivering a higher bandwidth, fast internet connections to every tenancy but not necessarily across fibre all the way. The other significant thing in it was it was allowing Chorus and Crown fibre to work differently around the money so that Chorus was putting less risk on, they're taking less risk in, in this buy, spending the money now to implement the network and, and that means that they 're not holding back so much didn 't change the schedule of when they have to get it done by it didn 't change what they 're doing. It just gave some flexibility and I think this reflects the fact that it 's a big long term contract and there 's naturally going to be changes in con- condition that that drive it i think as you say, the market has responded the share market has said this is nothing
0: yeah and uh, i mean one of, one of the the points about what you know what you said with the uh, uh, those you know multi dwelling units of you know buildings with uh, with lots of apartments etc uh, you know what they're talking about there is if you've already got you know good quality say cat 5 cat six type cable in the building utilize that and it's actually going to speed up the process of getting ultra fast broadband to those uh, to those users which uh, which i think yeah you know, that side of it um, it probably isn't going to upset too too many average consumers. I think there'll be some uh, that will say, "Well, we would like uh, yeah, fibre optic run, yeah, We want what we were promised, right? <laughs> yeah, run, run uh, right Where's through my hover car? Um But yeah, in 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 reality, the um, uh, the thing that you know, a lot of people make noise about is is you know why is UFB not available for me right now? So yeah, so uh, speed of rollout. Um, if this if this you know can can help with making it accessible. Uh, i i can I can see a few people uh, certainly being uh, being a bit pleased about that so uh yeah all right well there'll be a bit more uh, discussion about that i 'm sure um over over the next uh, few days but uh it 's good that this information's getting out, and we're we 're at least being sort of looped in with what 's going on between uh, between chorus and uh, and and uh, crown crown fiber so uh yeah um, anyone wants to read the uh, the press release, we've got that up on the um, ufbe.org.nz website. Uh, also a good place to go to uh, to, to look at the various uh, price offerings or plans and so on uh, available for uh, ultra-fast broadband around the country. Uh, now, one other area I'd like to discuss, Alistair, is uh, a little bit of a change. Now, we've known for a while that you're a bit of a Samsung fan, but today you're not carrying your Note 2 as you um, were last time we saw you and you're, um, you're not carrying a Samsung uh, tablet either. Tell me about the two devices you're, uh, you're using. They're not Android as what we would normally expect from you. What have you got and how, and
1: how are you getting on? Well, I, I cross all bases. So uh, until fairly recently, I had an Android phone an iPad Mini And I have a Windows uh, A Sony Windows um, Touch laptop Unfortunately My Note 2 Remained in the tray in the X-Ray machine Or coming out of the X-Ray machine in Barcelona Airport last year um, I did not remain with it and so I needed a new phone um, Recently I got A a, a fairly old um, Model So I, I have the Samsung Windows phone So the 8 of S which is, I believe, about a year-old phone, but is on an incredibly good price at the moment. I picked it up for under $300 from, from uh, Warehouse Stationery, and that's an awesome deal. And uh, it's a nice phone. It's a fast, responsive phone. It's As far as I can tell for the price, it is an outstanding Windows phone. It's still a Windows phone. It doesn't have all of the apps that you might necessarily want. Um, you need to evaluate whether it works for you, but I've, I've been using it for, for a week now. I found it really good. Um, there's a couple of omissions. I still have an Android phone that I hotspot off it to do things. Uh, I was in the US last last week, and uh, Uber is an application that's wonderful for getting a cab. Not available on Windows Phone, so I had to hotspot to get that to work. But, um, yeah, my Windows, Windows Phone works really well, responsive, really thin as well, nice device, good battery life. The other thing that you alluded to is what's in my left hand at the moment, which is that my 8-inch tablet is no longer a... Um, Uh, an ipad mini Uh, i have transitioned to the dell venue pro 8 which is a full windows device running a um, bay trail cpu and uh, eight inch eight inch screen and it's running all of my normal windows applications on a device that will fit in the back pocket of my jeans if i shove it in really hard well, you wouldn't want to sit on it, would you? I certainly would not. Um, but it's a, it's a nice little device. It's fast for a, a small device. It's no powerhouse. I'm not going to be rendering video on it or anything like that. But last week during one of the, the briefings that I was at, I used it along with a Bluetooth keyboard and a Bluetooth mouse. And it certainly didn't hold me back at all through note-taking, light research, keeping up with Twitter, and, and making the jokes on Twitter that are part of these events. Good, good. And uh, being a Windows device, I guess,
0: as well as being able to you know, uh, run your traditional Windows apps where you need to, do your touch-friendly apps as you would normally do on a tablet, um, you've got Microsoft Office
1: here. Is that Has is that been something useful to you or not a big Office user? That was a big driver for me in getting the device. Okay. So. Um, One of the things that I do is I write for a number of websites in the U.S., and and Word Word is my primary tool for that, as well as doing blogging, and Windows Live Writer is my main tool for blogging. These things are only available on Windows, and there is no real equivalent on any other platform. So I really like that I've got full Windows, I've got full applications, I've got my full Dropbox synced down to the device. Took a little bit of messing around to get Dropbox onto the the 64 gig SD uh, micro SD card that I bought. Sure, um, but with that in play, then it's it's really nicely spaced out. I'm really liking the device and wondering whether on some of my trips it could be my sole device. Cool.
0: Okay. Well, the the interesting thing is just in the last um, couple of weeks or so, I think uh, we had the announcement of uh, 128 gig um, micro SD or SD. XD, as they, as they call them, uh, cards, uh, becoming available. I'm not sure yet how many devices support them because most devices were obviously released before the 128 uh, gig cards. But that certainly opens up some opportunities if you've got one of these little laptop, uh, little tablets and uh, you want to store a whole lot of extra da- uh, data than maybe the you know the built-in uh, capacity. Having these uh, larger uh, SD cards is going to be pretty handy, I would say. Um, I'm not sure if the 128 is available in that micro format or whether it's the uh uh standard sd card
1: format Are you, have you uh, have you had a look at that alston i haven't had a look the uh, 64 was as large as the jb hi-fi store had when i, I went shopping um, i've got the 64 gig in the um in the the device itself plus the 64 gig in the card which is great there is a lenovo that has 128 gig ssd built in and then you've had your sd card which seems a great plan the other thing I was looking at recently was uh, USB keys that have a USB-on-the-go port on one side so I could plug it into the the, the charging port on, on this tablet and it would be a USB key. But then at the other end, it's got a full-size USB connector so I could plug it into a laptop. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and that will be a good transit medium and so I plan on getting one of those next time I see one. Yep. Now, yeah, I can just
0: confirm it, it is a micro uh, SD or... As they call it officially micro SDXC um, is the, is the new uh, card from um, uh, from SanDisk. so um, yeah worth worth looking up if you're after the uh, the, the latest and greatest um, that would be uh, that would be it and 'll give you quite some uh, some capacity if you 've got a, a smartphone or or a tablet that can handle um, such a card. Yep. Give, you, give you a good chunk of video recording or, or whatever. And uh, as I f- found yesterday, uh, you can actually use up quite a bit of space pretty quickly with doing a full HD uh, video recording on your phone. I took a little video and then uh, was syncing it up to the cloud and noticed that um, my tiny little uh, video was, uh, was a gig in size. And so, uh,
1: yeah. One take, of the traps with recording with an, an iPhone is they do record uncompressed video. Uh, some other devices will record compressed video. Exactly. So um,
0: yeah, worth worth being worth being aware of. Now, in front of us at the moment, we have got uh, Samsung's new Galaxy Note Pro. Now, this is somewhat unique in the tablet world, uh, in that it's an Android-based tablet, twelve point two inch screen. Uh, a stylus, so you can uh, you can scribble on the screen and so on, um, and it's very very fast. But it's um, it's the big screen that sort of is the differentiator, and it's quite um, quite sleek. Uh, this is just launched; uh, should be available pretty much um, from now, uh, and uh, very. Very nice as far as a tablet goes. Much larger form factor though than most of us are used to using. Alistair, what's your uh, what's your pick on it? It's it's quite as I say quite sort of sleek, quite thin and light. Uh, looks very similar in terms of styling to um, some of the other Galaxy Note uh, products with that sort of. Um, um. Uh, yeah, leather. Yeah, uh, plastic made leather. Uh, pl- leather back.
1: B- back cover um, uh, and the chrome chrome edges. and so the chrome very much like the Note Three in its style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably not much thicker than the Note Three either. It's an amazingly thin device. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to call it little, but when it's a twelve-inch tablet in your hands, it ain't little. No. And um, this is definitely a, a big device that oriented towards sitting down using somewhere holding it in your hands as you're resting on as i am on the armrest of a sofa or resting it on your knee as you're, you're sitting in front of tv nice um, big on-screen keyboard when you're uh, tapping tapping when things you're something yeah. yeah um
0: yeah. it's quite it's quite cool
1: yeah it's it's generally a, a pretty big device to work with but it, it's presumably not intended to be a highly mobile device although there is a uh, an lte a 4g version of it as well which apparently is coming to new zealand uh, in the stores and uh, it's it's a pretty awesome device the the huge screen comes with a huge resolution as well it's a four thousand pixel screen so that's um 2560 by 1600 which is pretty huge and that's that makes it really nice i imagine that watching a bit of video a bit of streaming tv on this would look awesome
0: yeah, although there aren't many uh, streaming TV providers that
1: could actually uh, match that resolution, are there? But it's—I mean—it still looks great. Yeah, it still, still it's it's gonna looks render great. Render down those pixels better than something with a lower resolution. Yeah. Um, when I first read about this, I thought that's ridiculous. It's just too large. But actually, in your hands, it's not so bad. Sitting no, here I agree. on a, I think sitting here on a sofa, it is entirely practical to use. Uh, equally, sitting in a meeting, this would be something that would allow me, particularly with that split screen functionality, it would allow me to have my meeting notes up and have a, a web page for research or have uh, some other content on the second side. And it's much more like a PC experience than using a smartphone where you're switching backwards and forwards between apps all the time. That's right. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, similar to what you can do on a surface or yeah, you know, a, a you know, Windows eight
0: eight point one uh, uh, tablet in terms of uh, yeah, you could run Skype in one window and uh, yeah, be browsing the web in the other. That's that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, I, I think this is, it's quite an interesting product from uh, from Samsung. I am curious uh, whether they're going to be putting Windows on some, you know, on more of these type devices. I mean, it would be very interesting to uh, to see this, for instance, with Windows eight point one. You know, able to run sort of full blown Office, able to use uh, the stylus with Windows. Uh, that you know that I'd be curious to see, but at the moment their focus is you know is still very much around Android, uh, with you know the large majority of their tablet uh,
1: their their tablet products. Yeah, we haven't seen the Windows don't call it RT version on an Andro- on a uh, Samsung device. For some time, some time, and yeah, but it, but yeah. it never, and it was never sort of broadly, broadly adopted. So uh,
0: yeah, but certainly on this, it works well. Gorgeous, gorgeous screen, as you say, uh, and you know, very much a standout device able to run. Uh, I believe the uh, the Android Knox as well. So from a security perspective. And uh, I guess bearing that sort of pro branding, this is this is at the the top end, um, uh, very much at the top end of their sort of product range as far as their tablets. Uh, but uh,
1: yeah, well, it comes with um, thirty-two or sixty-four gigs of uh, of storage built in, plus the micro SD expansion. It's got three gigs of RAM. It's definitely a power device. Uh, reading the spec sheet, it appears that the 3G version, which I'm not sure if it's the 3G or the LTE one we're getting here, has two quad-core CPUs in the 3G version, whereas the uh, LTE version, which may well be, that's the 4G one, uh, that may well have the quad-core 2.3 gigahertz CPU and. it. Pretty powerful little uh, computing package there. Pretty serious. And as
0: well as a 12.2-inch screen, what are the other screen sizes that
1: are are available? Two smaller screen sizes, both still with that same 4-megapixel resolution, so the the pixel density is going to be getting really large as you go down. So there's a 10.1-inch and an 8.4-inch, and they have... Fairly similar specifications. There's, they get smaller, there's less space, so there's less battery life, and the uh, CPUs just ease off a little bit because uh, they're, again, a smaller device, less battery life. You want to ease off on the power. Mm. Um, this this big one, I can imagine living in, being in the living room and uh, using some of the newer Android features for user profiles and being able to switch between every member of the family as it lives in the living room.
0: Yeah, and probably quite nice for... Uh, yeah watching watching the odd video a bit of TV and uh, and and so on and of course you can get obviously yeah local uh, on demand apps for, uh, for you know for doing that on uh, on the Samsung uh, yeah platform
1: yeah yeah, there's, I'm just um, dialing in YouTube here to uh, see what, what videos Paul spain has been watching recently, but I, I guess I might just uh, leave that alone and, and go back to the, the, the Chrome. <laughs> no, nothing,
0: and, nothing too exciting, I'm afraid. But it's, it's yeah, laying, it's
1: something unusual for Android is laying the multiple windows out over top of one another and be able to move between them in, in a multitasking form that previously we'd only see on a, on a Windows PC.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is um, it's quite unique, isn't it? It's not just sort of the split screen, is it? You can actually yeah. overla- overlap it individual uh, um individual windows which is uh, is is quite cool all right well that's uh that's us for this episode um thank you everyone for uh, for listening in uh do uh do keep a watch on our various uh, social media channels for what's happening uh, in between uh episodes uh, particularly uh twitter and uh yeah we'll catch you on the
1: next episode now um alistair where do we find you online uh, you look for DemiTass. So my Twitter handle is demitasnz and my blog is nz. Excellent. And you can uh, track me down on, on, on Twitter and the other
0: social networks uh, at Paul Spain. So, uh, yeah, that's us. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye.